Coming live, it's a sports-based broadcast. Tuning in to the Points Made Podcast. Coming live, it's a sports-based broadcast. Tuning in to the Points Made Podcast. Points Made Podcast. Points Made Podcast. Points Made Podcast. Where points are made. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of Points Made Podcast, where points are made. This is episode eight. I'm your host, Chris, and it's my partner in crime here, Amir. What's going on, partner? Uh, nothing really, man. Just relaxing, you know. You know what it is on this side. Yes, sir. Uh, so before we start the show off, we want to highlight, um, you know, we got history was made yesterday, um, and we got some devastating news about the verdict that came out in the George, the murder of George Floyd. Um, Derek Chauvin was charged and guilty of second degree oh, murder. Third degree murder and second degree manslaughter, all three counts guilty. Um, it was just really, it's really heartbreaking. Like I understand that people want to celebrate. Um, like yes, we won this battle. However, the war is nowhere near over, um, and it's just really, it's heartbreaking in a sense where like we are still, we we this this happened on camera. We saw everything that happened, and yet we're nervous and expecting to be disappointed. You know, and it's just it, obviously there's no reforming the system. It needs to be abolished and start back up from the ground up. Um, and while this was happening, and while you know we felt some some sort of good um, in Columbus, Ohio, a 15 year old girl gets shot four times in the chest and dies by police when she called them for help. Like it's just it's never gonna stop. And I know that we want to celebrate, and I'm not trying to down anybody's mood or anything like that or be, you know, I'm not trying to be like that at all. I just, the war is not over yet. We have many more battles to fight. Um, but, yes, accountability and justice has been served. But, bro, you know, obviously everybody was watching it last night. Um, what were your, like, initial thoughts, you know, when, when the verdict was reached? So I was, I was in the room with uh, my mother and my grandmother who were, um, really nervous, um, so to speak. So I, I didn't really. So I um, obviously I am keeping up with everything. I have to because it's it's happening in um, in real life. This is our everyday life that we're dealing with things like this, especially people of color. So you have to be in the know. So when I was going there, I was so I was expecting. To be honest with you, I may be a little naive, but I was expecting him to be charged guilty because I mean, like you said, the evidence was there. We all saw what happened. So there was really no defending his actions, even if you want to say, yeah, well, he was just doing his job. No, he really wasn't, because I, don't, I just don't understand why a person without a weapon is is being forced to the ground like that. Put him in handcuffs, sit him to the side like you would have done if he was Caucasian. I, I just don't understand why the, uh, the police feel like they have to go uh, above and beyond to put force down on black people, but not do the same with... Caucasian and and so I was I was obviously I was happy because I mean if if he didn't get charged or didn't get any time or only got charged with manslaughter it would have been some some furious people it would I think there would have been unfortunately some rioting and things of that nature so I was happy to see that he did get charged with all three counts and I just want to say um, one more thing before we move on um, protect Darnella Frazier. Darnella Frazier was a 17-year-old black girl who recorded 
who was on her way to the to the the, sh- the mart that this happened at, the Quickie Mart, um, and she recorded everything that that happened to George Floyd. Without her, justice would not have been served. Protect that girl at all costs. Because of her, you know, justice was served. You know, um, and we were able to get this verdict. Because who who's to say that if if nothing if none of this was filmed we would have got the verdict today or it wouldn't even got this far. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wouldn't have. He, w- he would have been, okay, at the worst, he probably would have got fired, but that would have been it. He would have been able to live his, his normal life. And it's just really unfortunate. Day. It's just really unfortunate. So, um, you know, we just wanted to start the show off just talking about that for a little bit. Um, but let's let's get back into um, the show. Let's start off with the NBA, bro. We got some headlines. Just to name a couple before we dive into it, KD... Got injured again at the top of the Heat game, um, you know, this past week. I mean, <laughs> what what what's going to happen now? I mean, at this point, it's like, okay, like he's hurt again. I mean, granted, it was like a thigh contusion or something. It wasn't. It was a left thigh contusion. wasn't like a it's big not injury. Major. Yeah, it wasn't it, a major injury. So but at we the same think time, right. because his hamstring injury was not major either. Or at least that was the news when it first came out. It was what seven to ten days, and we'll see. And then it it went from seven to ten days to two months. So no one, we don't know, and we won't know. I assume the Nets are gonna keep playing it how they have been playing it by close ear, and they're they're gonna let you know when they know is mm-hmm. what they say. But we all know they're not trying to give us the inside scoop or any, on anything. Um, I saw some people saying that maybe they, they don't want this, uh, people to see them at full strength until the playoffs. I don't think I, I, don't I, I just don't think that's smart, but and I don't understand why you have to keep every injury a secret. I mean, James Harden, um, which ties into this James Harden, has also had a setback the other day, so now he he's going to be what's the name out indefinitely again. So once again, we don't really know what the deal is with him anymore. It's just like we don't really know, and and it's been the same thing for the Nets since the big three have come together. This guy's playing this night. This guy's playing the other night, and and. It's just that's that's how it is. This guy's getting rest, and and that guy's getting rest. I don't, I just don't understand how they expect to build any chemistry. Obviously, I know it's unfortunate what happened to KDE. I mean, that was a real injury, so I'm not saying by any means that he should be out there playing or anything. But mm. it's just like we don't we don't know what's going on with them, and and they don't. I I don't even know if they really know to be honest. I mean, because this isn't how. There's no way this is how Steve Nash saw the season going. This like playing with his rotation every night and it's just like eh, i just don't know if this is going to work well um in the playoffs because they have no chemistry yeah um another thing that i want to add and i just feel like bro if you really think about it like since we started this podcast i feel like the nets have been like one of the top headlines every episode i may be wrong but i just feel like every time we start the show off we talk an nba we talk in nets first um just a couple interesting things when um and this is since James Harden's debut as a net um when all three of them play they're 5 and 2. Yep. When two of the three play, they're 20 and 6. Without James Harden though, do you have that stat? That I don't have. No. Without James Harden, I think they're 12 and 14. And then when one of the three play, they're 7 and 4, and then when none of them play, they're winless. So it's just you know, obviously, we have Kyrie, who's, like, taking time off here and there. KD has now just went down with another injury. Harden suffered a setback in rehab with his hamstring injury. So, it's just 
what it's just a big question mark. I mean, and we kind of touched base on this last week, but they're still maintaining hold in the East. I don't think, again, I don't think they're worried about seeding because they know that they're going to get through and they should have all their players back by May. And even, even still, they'll be a top three seed regardless. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, because the top three are kind of like in a neighborhood of their own. It's really between like the four and the seven actually, seed. Actually, really the top two are. The Bucks, um, with all their injuries, have kind of... Ah, uh, yes. They've fallen closer to the four than they are to the two, Another I Another injury. So. Yeah. Another so. injury with Giannis. So, it, you know anything about that as far as timetable or anything? I it was cramps. So oh, okay. and the Bucks tend to get the news out to us, um, unlike the Nets. So I'm pretty sure we'll know soon. It'll probably be at most a game or two. It won't be anything long with him. They'll probably just be a little uh precautionary because you know, playoffs is coming up, this is your best player. You don't wanna, you know, um risk him to further injure himself. So they'll probably just give him a little time off, but he'll be back. It, it wasn't nothing serious with him. Oh, okay. Oh, also before we talk about um what we gotta get into next Special, special, special shout out to Sports Pain Index. We featured on their yes. last episode uh, this week. It just dropped uh, yesterday. So make sure you go ahead and tune in. Sports had Pain Index. Had a lot Index. of fun over there. Had a, a blast. Uh, shout out to those guys. They're awesome. I love what they're doing over there. Um, and yeah, we'll have a future collab on Points Made podcast because that was, had a lot mm-hmm. of fun. You enjoyed yourself mm-hmm. on that show? I did. I mean, just to get, you know, it's it's something about getting more opinions um, that interest me. And I, I like to hear everybody's point of view. And being over there, we got to hear some different points, uh, well, point of views than we normally hear. So it was it was a good experience. Yeah, it was definitely fun. So I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Follow them on Instagram. That's at Sports Pain Index. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you guys for having us. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Speaking of somebody that's coming back, AD is returning tomorrow. He's been out for two months. Brody, he's coming back against the Mavericks tomorrow the night. Mavs. Yeah, and that's a, I believe it's a marquee game. That's on TNT, isn't it? It is the TNT game. Yeah, yep. so. So we'll get to see him. He'll probably be on a minutes restriction. Expect only 15 minutes, 20 minutes at the most. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be his uh, regular workload because he's just coming back. So kind of expect the same thing Kevin Durant was doing where he was, he was not playing on the second night of back-to-backs. He was ramping it up. He had a minute restriction go from, what, 20 to 25 to 30. It'll probably be like that, you know, because you don't want to rush him back into the fray because this injury is no joke. Oh, um, yeah, calf, this is Achilles, the, yeah. Yeah, this is the same injury Kevin Durant had a couple of years ago, I believe, the, and you saw what happened when he came back. Obviously, he only got, I think, two and a half, three weeks off because Golden State was rushing him back. AD got granted they I, were in the finals though so. yeah they were they were but I'm hoping that AD since he was able to get double the time and then some is fully 100 he said he feels 100% which I hope so because we don't want to have to worry every time he gets bumped that he's done for season so we're hoping for the best from AD but yeah he is returning tomorrow yeah I'm curious to see how it's gonna it's gonna work I, I would want to see probably 15 to 20 minutes yeah, no, you don't even need to play him heavy. I mean, if you yeah. want to bring him off the bench, that works. I mean, you don't have to, like, ease him back in. You don't want to. You, the big picture is the finals. That's yeah, where you guys are trying to get. They're, they're a championship contender, championship aspirations for that team. So you don't want to risk everything on, on a Thursday night during the regular season. You just don't. Yeah, also, um, 
big news today. I don't. I mean, it's not really huge, but big news for like Wizards fans out there. We got a nationally televised game next Wednesday, a week from today, on the twenty eighth against the Lakers. I wonder why. The picture that the Wizards posted on their social was a picture of LeBron and Russ. So I don't know. Is Le- you think LeBron will be back by next Wednesday, and that's why they made it to a televised game? Originally, I did think so. I was like, oh yeah, there's LeBron will be back by then, but. There was a Lakers report that came out this morning that said LeBron is still expected to miss a couple more weeks, mm. which that would be one week from today. I don't, I don't think. I think LeBron will be back early in May, more so than late April. Is which well originally from his injury. That's what which, we thought anyway, right? Yeah, you know, no, no, his injury four to six weeks when it when it first came out. I think it had him on track for April twenty fourth or something like that against the second game against the Mavs. So I think they they've been a little bit more precautious. They went instead of four to six. I think they went four to eight, and I think he's gonna fall in that seven week um, layoff time because what's in LeBron is he's old. There, he's thirty six years old. So you don't want to. You 36. definitely don't want to rush him out. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> don't want to rush him out there. You want to give him all the time. Make sure this ankle is not nagging a nagging injury, and and ease him back in the same way you did with AD. So give him as much time as you can. And if he comes back around when I think he will, the May 3rd game against the Nuggets, that'll have been nearing about two months off, and which will be good for us because, you know, coming to the playoffs. That'll be two months? It'll be about two months. So, because that's two what? weeks from t- That's about two weeks from today. Yeah, roughly, yeah. And I think it's been about five weeks since we've seen him play. So it'll be seven weeks. It won't be, compl- it won't be, it won't be a, a full two months, but it'll be just about even... two months feel it'll, like that long that's why i'm just kind of like shocked it doesn't yeah like it'll be about long. that long and and hey and the playoffs that's who you're that's who you the team is uh what's the name riding on you're riding on lebron james anthony davis you're gonna need them at 100 percent. you don't want them going down yeah like i course. said with nagging injuries so they're gonna give them every day that they need to be 100 percent. you don't want to bring him back in at 85 87 90 make sure he's fully good to go you don't want to have this to come up no more this season let this be the end of it. So, yeah, give him as much time as he needs. I agree. I agree. But, hey, Wizards fans, guys, we're going to be on TV, like, nationally syndicated who, who across the happen? country. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. Um, we beat the Lakers before. We can do it again. No comment. Don't say anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. AD didn't play the Kuzma. But, um. No. Drummond wasn't there. Shoulder might not play. That's crazy. Whatever, bro. Anyway, um. Another person that's coming back, another player that's coming back from injury, LaMelo Ball has recovered yeah. from his um, MRI came out, cl- Ball, or his man. CAT scan came out clean for his wrist. The his real rookie wrist. of the year. Yeah, he'll be back seven to ten days, about a week and a week and a half. Um, <clears throat> the Hornets have been making noise, like I said earlier, that, that four through seven seed in the East right now is like Uh-oh. really. They're eight. Don't include them with us. No, okay. the, the the Hornets have been struggling, and it makes sense because they lost Gordon Hayward for he had a right ankle sprain just like LeBron, so he was out. I think they said four, four to six same times uh, they gave for LeBron, and then and then Lamelo was out, so they lost two of their top three players. So it makes sense that they started to slide because when they went out, they were at the four seed, and yeah. now they're all the way down at eight. So. I mean, they kind of just got hit by injuries at an unfortunate time. Yeah, it wasn't because they were they weren't good. They were. Yeah, no, they were, they were actually making some noise. Yeah. They um, were at home court advantage. So um, with Lamelo coming back, um, you know, does he get back? Obviously, we thought that 
after you know while he was healthy he was going to run rookie away year. with the rookie yeah. of the year so well, now with him coming away. back with him coming back and there's still a substantial amount of time in the season can he I don't know climb that ladder I don't know because Anthony Edwards has been playing better he has been playing better he's been shoot, he's been scoring more and, and doing it more efficiently and he I, I just don't know I mean it depends how much they value games played if if you're talking to me on just who was the best rookie this year I'd say LaMelo Ball but if you're going to factor in the games played and all that, I mean, it's not because what my, my thing is with Anthony Edwards, I know it's not his fault, but the games he's playing doesn't really matter because the Timberwolves are the worst team in the league. But there's ho- there's actually hope, though. Like, you got Cat, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards. They're probably going to get a Cade Cunningham. Yeah, or... they're going to have another top draft pick. Surprise to who? They yeah. never trade away any of their picks because they always stink. Yeah, so, I mean, there's promise in that Timberwolves organization. <laughs> Yeah, I promise y'all are going to be bad next year. <laughs> so, you know, I'm joking. But no, the Timberwolves is just like, I mean, to be a fan of them, at this point, it's just like, oh, God, are we ever going to be good? Bro, they, they were good when they had Jimmy, man. That yes, was a they good were squad. top four seed, and what happened? Jimmy got hurt, and they dropped the eight. Uh-oh. Katie could return this weekend. Oh, okay. It's the, Breaking Steve news. Nash, Steve Nash says it's very possible Durant could play Friday versus the Celtics or Sunday versus the Suns. Breaking news, breaking so, news. So it was really a minor injury. They probably just didn't want to go on it. So, yeah, okay, that's great. So okay, it was cool. only a week. So it, it, it'll just be Kyrie and KD. It's looking like James Harden will be out for a few more weeks. So, mm-hmm. wow. so I mean, that is, that's good news. At least yeah. they let us know something. So that's not, a, that's not a real injury, not a real serious one, which is good. Y'all heard it here first. Well, actually, no, because this episode will drop in a couple days. (laughs) Yeah, they'll know by then. (laughs) We might actually be playing the day this episode drops. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, so let's got to get into my point of the week, Chris's point of the week. This Uh is a segment where I highlight a player uh, that has made points, whether it's figuratively or literally. Who was last week? Last week was Stephen Curry. And drum roll, please, this week, it's Stephen Curry again. I mean, it has to be. I can't, I can't, I can't sit here and deny. Like, (laughs) yes, there's a bunch of players out here that are are doing their thing um, all over the sports world, but nobody is doing what, like, literally, Steph Curry is making history. I'm just about to throw out a few stats. Do with them what you may. Um... 53, 42, 33, 47, 49. Those are not lottery numbers. Those are his last five games. His efficiency is off the mark. He has now taken over Bradley Bill's spot as the leading scorer in the NBA. April is Steph Curry's month. Like, it is his month. This month alone, 40 points is how much he's averaged this month, in the month of April. 72 shots of 143 attempts from three. Like that's over fifty percent for those who don't know. Which is insane. Six games this season alone. Six games with ten or more threes. No player has more than five in their career. I mean, I could keep spewing stats. This guy is the MVP of the league. Unfortunately, the way the league operates, you gotta have a good team and you gotta, you know, but you take Steph out of the out of the Warriors lineup. This is the worst team in the league. If you take him out. They got blown out by forty points. 60. 60 points. Like, yeah, they're just, you know. In the last five games that I named, he had double digit threes in all of them, with the exception of one. No one in NBA history has made more than those amount of threes, which were 46 in a five game stretch. 
I mean, if anybody watched the Sixers game the other night, he was just like just throwing them up. And it didn't even look like it was going to go in. Just throwing them up there. But it's wild because at this point, you just expect them Jays to go. When he throws it up, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this one's good. Like, you just... You just expect it, and, and that's that's crazy. It's crazy to think about. It really is. Yes. So once again, Steph Curry has won. Yeah, let somebody point else of win the week, award, bro. bro. Yeah, somebody I know. else win. I know, I know, I know. I have honorable mention, but you know, I'm not even gonna do it. I'm just gonna dedicate it to Steph. Steph has been doing what he needs to do. Um, so next week, hopefully, it'll be a different player. Because hopefully, <laughs> can't do it again. But yeah. Um, so that was Chris's point of the week, and let's hop into your uh, power rankings. Last week, you kind of uh, did a big switch up and got you know some teams out, and some teams fluctuated really high, some teams went really low. So you know, another week of basketball has happened. Let's um, the people want to know your new list, bro. Let's hear it. All right, what was the list last week? We had Clippers, Suns, 76ers, Nets, and Jazz. Mm-hmm. There was a new team in the power rankings this week. The Jazz have been pushed to the side because of – they recently just haven't been as dominant. They're only 6-4 and four in their last 10. They're starting to lose more games. You're seeing it. I mean, obviously they lost one to the Lakers, but that was because they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. We'll see how his injury, you know, how he – um comes back from that injury so we just got to see but because of that they had to get dropped out of the top five in my new number five spot hold on they beat mm-hmm. the lakers on monday they did but they lost to the lakers on saturday oh yeah it was a back-to-back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah so they split they split with the lakers and you know little losses like that i mean obviously i don't blame them because they didn't have mike conley and rudy gobert and donovan mitchell but you know a loss is a loss unfortunately so i had to drop them out and there's another team in the East, in the Big Easy, that's putting together a streak. And that is the New York Knicks, actually. The New York Knicks. Not the New York Nets. Or not the Brooklyn Nets. The New York Knicks. Who are now at number five in my power rankings because of their seven-game win streak. They're all the way up to the fifth seed in the East. They play an important game tonight against the Hawks that can move them up to four. The Knicks are making noise. Tom Thibodeau has come in there. And he has changed. He has Tip. changed. He's changed <laughs> the... I want to say, I don't want to say the culture, but this team just is is a feel-good team. Defensively, this is as dominant as the team gets. They're they're one of the best defensive teams in the league because of their interior presence with guys like Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson when he's healthy. Like, these guys are, they're stopping down low, and they have guys like RJ and Julius Randle and and Frank Nina and Alfred Payton, who are all guys on the outside that play really good defense. So... Now you have good perimeter defenders, but if they get beat, you have good interior defenders, and and that just sets up for a great defense, which is why they're in the top five in the East. So they're on a seven-game win streak with a chance to, you know, slide in the fourth after the night and have home court advantage in, in the potential playoff picture. So the Knicks had I had to give I had to give them some love because New York has for the last I want to say four to five years has kind of been a laughing stock. Um, everybody. Four five. I think it was more than that, bro. I, I, I <laughs> like, we're pushing ten <laughs> almost. Like. Well, no, they had a couple of good years with Melo and yeah, twenty thirteen, right? I mean, that, that wasn't a good year. Twenty thirteen, I think, was the last 13. time they made the playoffs. But I mean, you know, they've been everybody. Every year, it's like, oh, uh, New York's gonna get this guy, and they're gonna draft this guy, or they're gonna get this free agent. And they just haven't. So 
I want to shout out a shout out because you didn't shout out. You got you had to shout out Steph Curry, but I want to shout out Julius Randle. Yes. Um, the way he's turned his game around, this is the most improved player. I don't think it's a close. The way oh, he's yeah. turned his game around, and he, he's went from a an above average role player to an all star plus. So it's like he, ha- I have to show him some love. What he's done with his game, the way he's transformed uh, his shooting and his playmaking, I just I had to show some love to him. It, it's it's and leading it's, this team, bro. Like, yeah, and his leadership yeah. too. It shows. It shows that it's never too late because he's already, what, 25, 26 years old. It's never too late to develop your game. Some people just develop a little slower, and he's doing it now, and, and he's an all-star because of it. So I have the New York Knicks at five. Big shout-out to them, man. Yeah. We love to see it in New York. At number four, I have um, the Brooklyn Nets, who they share share the state mm. with. Brooklyn, uh, it's, like, it's the same story every week. I'm so tired. I just want to see this team <laughs> at full strength. Like, can we get everybody in there? I, I said it last week. I said until they show me a full roster, they probably won't get moved up. They didn't show it to me this week. They're still at four. I mean. So they're they, going to be at four for a minute then if you think about if, it. If they put together a good stretch, I will move them up. But I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with guys in and out of the lineup. They're only, what, six and four in their last ten as well. So it's not like they're, they've been above water, but they're not dominating anything anymore. And, you know, that has a lot to do with the fact that their stars aren't playing all the time. So, I'm not going to say too much about Brooklyn because I've said it already, but I have them at number four. Okay. At number three, the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Eh, and I just, I don't really know. That's a stagnant. They they were three yeah. last week, right? I don't really know how to feel about having them here. Mm-hmm. But I, it's like, I, I felt like I had to throw the Sixers in there. But it's really due to Joel Embiid's dominance. I mean, once again, he's, he's what got me up there because they, they just lost to the Warriors but that's because Ben and Tobias missed the game. I mean, I feel like if they're full strength, they beat that Warriors team. And so I don't want to. Hold... <laughs> Steph well, was there. Yeah, Steph, <laughs> Steph was there. But I don't want to hold that against them too much. So I'm going to still slide them in here at number three. But it's kind of the same thing. It's like somebody's always out of the lineup for Philly as well. So I do want to see them get their team back in hold so I can really judge them as a full unit. So that's my number three. Number two. The Phoenix Suns. Uh, and I just, they're 8 and 2 in their last 10. Um, the Suns had to slip up against the Spurs. But other than that, I feel like the Suns, they just went on the road and beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. So the Suns have just been consistently good. So I just couldn't drop them. They lost one game, yeah, but they bounced back and beat the third best team in the East in their, at their own court. So I, I had to keep them top two because of, you know, once again, their consistent dominance. The Suns, I do think, will overtake the Jazz for the one seed. I think they'll end up getting it. So I had to keep them up in the top two because I didn't want to demote them for that one loss, especially because they bounced back and, and impressed me with a, a, a surprising victory on the road. So the I have the Suns at two. Who they play tonight? The Sixers? Sixers, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's another game right there that I'd be interested to see. Um, and, and once again... If the Sixers win, maybe I would have considered putting them at number two, but I won't get to. I don't get to, you know, see that game then do my power ranking. So, at the time we are now, I have the Suns over the Sixers because of how consistent they've been all season. And at number one, I had the Clippers again, who just lost Kawhi Leonard for a week. But Whoa, the Clippers! I had to keep them there. Nine and one over the last ten. They had one loss, but other than that, they they just been. They've, they've really turned it around since the Rondo trade, and, and they just keep going. Paul George got them another win by himself last night against the Blazers. Obviously, the Blazers didn't have Damian Lillard. 
but the Clippers didn't have Kawhi Leonard. So I feel like that was a pretty fair matchup, and they got the job done again, and they just, once again, they're another team that just, ever since they made the trade, they keep on winning and keep on winning and keep on winning. Paul George looks the best he's looked in years, so yeah. that's an encouraging sign too. And, you know, I just, I, I once again, I didn't see a need to move them down because of one loss, so I kept the Clippers at one, and that's my uh, top five for the week. Okay, run that down again. Let's we do have one. Clippers one, Suns two, Sixers three, Nets four, and the New York Knicks rounding off the top five. Wow. Well, all right. You know, as you all know, we're going to post that in a couple of days after Friday. Hold Friday's. on, Knicks. Don't let me down. Please don't lose tonight because <laughs> it's going to look bad me putting you in the power rankings. Uh, we're going to post that later on this week. Uh, yeah, let us know what y'all think about that. That's, I mean, everything else obviously in, his, in the top four have remained the same, just been dancing around, but... Knicks at five. That's a that's a big leap. That's a big leap. I'm sorry. Um, so really curious how that plays out. But I just want to highlight a couple of things before we move on to our next segment. Um, we got a couple of a few good games before our next episode next week. We got Suns and Sixers tonight. Hawks and Knicks tonight. Um, and then this this weekend, my gosh, we have a juggernaut of game. Seventy Sixers and Bucks. That could be a good game. Um, Lakers and Mavericks again, but that's not really. It's more so tomorrow when AD gets back. Yeah, we just want to see AD return, really. Yeah, and then Sunday, it's uh, Celtics and Hornets could be a good game. And Suns and Nets, that'll be a good game. So we we got a lot of games. It's it's heating up, you know. And in the next few weeks or so, you know, we're going to be talking about playoff push because the play-in tournament is right around the corner. April has flown by, and we're going to be in May next week. So uh, the play-in tournament is What does it start, May 22nd? No, it's 7? like it's like May seventeenth or something. May seventeenth. Okay. Yeah, I may be wrong, but I think the playoffs start May twenty second or May twenty third. The play in tournament is like early, like mid May, like in the teens. So we're gonna be talking about playoff push in the next coming episodes on the show. Uh, but it's it's heating up, guys. It's heating up, and some in in both these conferences and certain seeds, it's it's extremely close. So can't wait to talk about that with you guys. Um, <laughs> let's hop into a different conference. Let's talk about the NFL, a different league. Um, so just want to start things off. We have another retirement. Alex Smith has retired 16 seasons in the league. Former Washington quarterback. Former, actually, I'm sorry, was the the, the, the latest comeback player of the year in 2020. Yes. Um, I think that three-time Pro Bowler, I'm sorry, and 199 touchdowns over his career. Dang, I was I saw that. I was like, dang, I wish he could have got the 200. Before I know, right? I know. But um, he's played for three different teams. Um, he's had a hell of a career, um, you know, and he overcame a very, very nasty, scary injury, came back, was able to – I know the narrative is that he led his team to the playoffs, but we know the real reason why I made the playoffs. But he was able to – He did. He did. <laughs> we wasn't winning without him. We wasn't winning without him, so I'm going to give him the credit. Oh, you serious? Yeah. No, I'm saying, like, I mean, obviously we know the defense was the main reason, but I'll, I'll give him credit because that defense was the, still the same and we were losing more games without him. When he came in, he went 5-1. and one. That Steelers game really sticks out to me. The, the Steelers game, we were able to go up uh, to Hinesfield and get the job done. So Yeah, so shout-out to Alex Smith. I'm really glad that he was able to overcome his injury. Really and I think, I think it was the proper time for him to, to hang know, him up. To, yeah, to hang him up for sure. Um, you want to have any comments on that? He was your quarterback last, so. <laughs> I do want to say, we want to thank Alex. I mean, really, that first year he came to us was, I think, since RG3 was the first taste of winning that I really got in a, in a long time. Like, I, it, 
it felt we had gone a couple seasons where it was like we were just middle of the pack with Kirk, and then he came in and he, he had us winning games and. It was a good feeling, and it, it just sucked seeing him go down with the injury he did, one of the worst we've ever seen. But for him to come back from it just shows the type of person uh, he is and the type of character that he has. So I really just want to thank Alex because, I mean, he persevered really, truly when when he got dealt some pretty bad cards, and, and he still made do with what he had. So I do want to shout out Alex on a, a really great career and uh, thank him for everything he did in Washington. Yeah, so shout out to Alex Smith. Enjoy retirement. Um, and yeah, so let's hop into the next segment. I call this "What the Mock." <laughs> we're going, <laughs> we're going into mock draft. It's mock draft season, baby. It's been mock draft season for the last few months, but we want to give it to you straight. A one week away, a week and a day away from the 2021 NFL draft hosted in Cleveland. Uh, you know, this is the Cleveland. first time. In a- this is for you. Yep. Yeah that part but this is the first time i want to say this is probably the first time that we've never had like a combine or you know we've been just going based on pro day so we really haven't seen most of these prospects that we're going to name out and list on um in our top 32 and first round draft so it'll it's going to be interesting i'm so excited for this draft um we're going to be watching it live together and reporting live from it too so that's going to be fun but enough of that let's let's hop right in Obviously, the number one and the number two selections are locked up. But for those who don't know, um, we can just go ahead and give it to them. Obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one are going to take Trevor Trevor Lawrence Lawrence, from Clemson. Mm -hmm. And the New York Jets are going to take at the number two spot, Zach Fields from BU. Oh, I said Zach Fields. Heavens. Because you want Justin Fields to go there, but Zach Wilson's going to (laughs) go. Zach Wilson from BYU. BYU will be a net. I was about to say a net. I'm tripping. A Jet. Okay. Same state though. So, so do you? So do you wanna? You wanna alternate? You go three, I go four, or how do you wanna do it? Yeah, we can. And then if you have any trade bombs you wanna drop, you know, okay. you'll do that at whatever selection it is. So, okay. if we agree, um, the number three pick, you wanna go ahead and first and give your number three pick. I have Mac Jones, but I I I really what? I do have <laughs> Mac Jones there because I think I think San Francisco actually likes him. I get a strange feeling that they like him. I wouldn't take Mac Jones here, I but I do like think it. that's who they're going to take. I don't like it. So at three, I do have Mac Jones to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, at three, I have the the Niners taking Justin Fields, Ohio yeah, State. I can, see, I can see that. And number 100%. three. So that's. I mean, it's either it's either way at this point. We. I, we yeah, don't know. I wouldn't be shocked. To, I wouldn't even be shocked if they took Trey Lance. Like. I just know they're taking a quarterback. I don't know who they're going to take, but I know they're taking one. Now, what if they take Pitts at three? I know this is random, but what All if right, they – let's move on to four. What if they that's take... not happening. They, not tra- they didn't <laughs> that trade would up be, to three. That would be dumb. That would no be way so they dumb. traded up. I'm about to say they didn't trade up to three because if that's the case, they really only had to trade up to five or six. They're not going to do that. They got Kittle. They're not doing that. Yeah. I'm just messing. Um, number four, this is, where, this is where it gets shaky. So, number four, Atlanta has the number four pick. There have been rumblings for, for I don't know, weeks now that – you know, this is a possibility of a trade back because obviously in the top t- top six, it's really offensive weapons you want to go for. You can get defensive prospects later. And Atlanta is pretty good on the offensive side of the ball, and they need some defense. So they do. it gets tricky. My brother, I have a trade bomb. Do you okay. have a trade bomb at four? I don't, actually. Okay. I think Atlanta stays put. Atlanta stays put and picks who at four for you? They stay put and pick. 
Kyle Pitts. Kyle Titan Pitts University of Florida. Okay. You want to give reasoning behind that or like, you know. He's he's the best available player at this pick, I believe. And, and it's just, well, on draft boards, I don't believe that. But I do think for draft boards, he is the best player on the board left. So I, t- I think they take Kyle Pitts here just to help out. I mean, because he's like, it's kind of like what the Cowboys did last year with C.D. Lamb, how they didn't need him necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, hey, if he's here, why not? And I, I feel like that's kind of the, the situation they'll be in, and they'll just say, you know what, he's here, we're here, let's do it. All right. For the number four pick, I have a trade. I have the Denver Broncos trading up to four okay. for a swap, a 2022 round, uh, first round pick There's, um, and the Broncos second round pick. And I have a couple more in that compensation package. For the sake of time, I'm not going to go over it. Okay. Um, but just to give the people some insight. So I have the Broncos trading up to four and drafting Trey Lance, North Dakota State quarterback. Um, I have that because I think the Broncos are set on both sides of the ball. I think you can tweak some things defensively, but you can also do that in the later rounds. Their dire need is quarterback. Offensively, they they have everybody that they need as far as weapons. They have the wide receiver core. They have the tight end. They have the running back. They have two running backs. So, I mean, oh, no, Philip Lindsay's gone. I'm sorry. So they, but they have a, they have a solid running back, and again, a running back can get in a later round. So, quarterback is they're literally a quarterback away. Um, and I know earlier, earlier in the beginning of this show when we started, I said it was going to be Deshaun Watson going to the Broncos, but obviously <laughs> that's that's not going to happen. But so well, I have never say never, never say never. Correct, you're right. So right now I have Trey Lance going to the Broncos after a trade with the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. I think we have the same thing here. I I'd, I'd pretty I think we would. If you have them taking Penae Sewell. I have them taking Penae Sewell. It is a smart Oregon. decision. It is. Get Burrow help. That's all. We, it's not much you need to really elaborate on that. Just get Burrow help, please. On the line, don't do it at receiver, please. Don't be don't be tricked. Help him out on the line. Penae yeah, Sewell have... is the best option. Yeah. Um. I would have to agree. I know that Burrow is like campaigning to get jamar chase there but you're not gonna have time to throw to jamar chase if <laughs> you gotta yeah, fix that like, line. yeah if the Bengals address this in free agency like you know and went and got tackles now granted I, I believe the two tackles from kansas city they're still free agents so you can still sign them but you weren't aggressive in free agency to fix up the line so that's why i have to say you got to take penny 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 sewell um uh-huh. at five i'd agree i'd agree number six do you have a trade bomb with the Miami Dolphins? They're on the clock. I do not. I do not as well. I think they sit here and take wide receiver Jamar Chase. Okay. Who I think is the best. I think I think Jamar Chase is going to be the best player from this draft. But, I I mean, people tend to forget that he's he was looked at as better than Justin Jefferson, who just had 1,400 receiving yards in the NFL. So, like he's this is a really talented prospect right here. I, one that I even believe is better than Kyle Pitts. So I think the Dolphins get they get what they were looking for here at receiver to help out Tua. And I'm not gonna try to say the last name. Tonga Filola. Good job. Shout out to you. <laughs> uh, number six. I have Kyle Pitts going to the Miami Dolphins. Oh, okay. okay. Um, offensive weapon. That's what they needed. A receiver mm-hmm. would be nice, but this kid can do everything. He's a freak of nature, tight end. Um, 
he can do it on any spectrum. So um, I think Kyle Pitts will go to the Miami Dolphins. At number seven, the Detroit Lions are on the clock. I have a trade bomb. I do as well. I have a trade bomb too. I believe we have the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Are you trading to Will Bill Belichick? I am trading with Bill Belichick. I am okay. trading with Bill Belichick. I have the Patriots trading up to seven. Um, to get to get Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. Obviously, and I have the, them trading well, up to get quarterback. Justin Fields from Ohio State. Oh, that's right. Justin Fields fell in your draft. Okay. He did. He that's interesting. So I'm going to let you go first. Obviously, we know that the Patriots need a quarterback. Uh, oh, Cam need. Newton... Okay, relax. Cam Newton is not the long-term answer because he was just signed. He's not a short-term year. answer, but I'll, I'll, I'll dive in. All right, that enough. <laughs> He's on a one-year deal, so obviously they need to address that. So I, I want to hear uh, you have, you know, you have Fields dropping pretty low. So explain that. I'm, so, so like I said, this is all a guessing game. I wouldn't be surprised if of course. Uh, Fields was was taken at three. But because I had no one trade up at four and five and six didn't need him, I felt this was the right spot for Bill to trade up and get him. So this is where I had I had him going. I mean, I think he's I would take him over Trey Lance, and I think I think he's the better. You know, I think he's higher on boards than Trey Lance as well. So I think uh, Bill goes up and gets the best quarterback remaining on the board. This is at really. Seven. This is really interesting because you only have you have two quarterbacks still left, and we're at pick seven. You got no, Trey Lance. I have, I have one. Who? Where'd you have Trey Lance going? I haven't had him gone yet. Go and yet. Mac Jones. Oh no, you have Mac Jones going yeah, to the, Mac the Jones 49ers. Going to, so these were, so just like you, I had. Well, no, you had four straight go. I had three straight go. Yeah, I had four straight going. Okay, 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 okay. So you have um, just Trey Lance, okay. Trey Lance on the The number eight pick, Carolina Panthers are on the clock. I have the Carolina Panthers selecting Jamar Chase, wide receiver. I have the Panthers trading out of this spot, actually. Interesting. We have a trade bomb. They traded their pick to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are going to take Jalen Waddle. We know the Eagles want to get back in the top ten. This way they're able to do it, and they need receiver bad. Well, they need a lot of things, but receiver just jumps off the page. You know they need receiver. So I have them trading up uh, back into the top ten to get one, Jalen Waddle. Interesting. Okay, interesting. Um, and number nine, it's the Denver Broncos. For me, for but you, for you, it's for the me, Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. I have the Atlanta Falcons selecting Patrick Sertain, cornerback, Alabama. Okay. I have I have the Broncos taking quarterback Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Oh, in, that's so interesting. So he fell we, in yeah, your Yeah, we drug. we both have him going there. Yeah, but, but you I have, have to trade up. up. I like mine because well, the Broncos were like mine because they get to sit at their spot and get their guy instead of having to trade up picks to do it. But there's no guarantee that he's going to be here. So that's what I'm saying. That's I, yeah, what I'm I can like. see, I see both point of views on how he gets here. Interesting, because that's just like I don't. Because <laughs> it, it, this trade-up game is so, like, it, there could it's be risky. a trade the, the night of the draft. Like, literally two picks away, somebody can trade up and get and, and grab. And this is a quarterback-thirsty draft. A lot of teams need quarterbacks. so And I think that's how a lot of teams will play it. They'll be like, draft night, well, who's still on the board? Like, I don't want to trade up now to eight because I think someone's going to be there. They end up not being there. Now it feels like, dang, I traded up, but I don't even, I'm not even going to get what I really thought I was going to get. People like to wait till the night of. You see who's there at 8. So now you can be like, oh, well, my guy's there. Now let me try to pull off the trade. Yeah. But you know teams can play a little. They can play hardball now because it's like, oh, well, we know who you want. 
And now you have to come to our spot to get them so they can maybe try to, you know, finesse and get a little bit more out of the deal than they might have previously. Mm, interesting. Um, and, and that's it's just crazy because we just don't know. We don't know. Yeah, you don't. That's why the draft is. That's why it's so entertaining because you really yeah. don't know. At the number ten pick, the Dallas Cowboys. You are on the clock. I have the Dallas Cowboys selecting J.C. Horn, okay. South Carolina cornerback. And I have the Cowboys getting cornerback Patrick Sertain from Alabama. And it's obvious, obviously. Anybody, you don't got to be a fan to know the Cowboys need help defensively. Um, Sertain and Horn are one of the top prospects, and Farley, the top prospects. Um, Sertain is obviously taken already on my board at nine, uh, but J.C. Horn is an absolute stud, um, and I think that he is the top prospect as far as cornerbacks. I think he'll shock some people, so um, I think he'll be very – and I think he fits into the Cowboys' scheme perfectly. So, Okay. Number 11. You're going to know more than I do, so. Yeah. Number 11, the New York Giants are on the clock. I'll let you go first. Who you got the New York Giants taking? Uh, Rashawn Slater, tackle Northwestern. Same, same. I mean, they need help on the line. I saw their draft needs, and I'm pretty sure it was center, guard, tackle. So it's just, I would. you have Andrew Thomas now, so you have your, your young guy for the future on, on the right side. Now get your guy for the left. Or does he play left? Wh- whichever one he plays, you can Andrew put. Andrew Thomas plays, I think he's a right tackle. Okay, with. Yeah, I thought so too. So if he's playing on the right now, you could put Slater on the left. There you go. You got your tackle sort of feature. And I think and, then, and it's not like a it's not a pretty pick. Meaning it's not like flashy. It's not them getting a Devontae Smith or yeah. like, you know, a stud receiver. Um I think the Giants receiving court is is good enough. I don't think that they need to go out and get a stud receiver in, in the draft in the first round. I think they can draft the receiver in the later rounds. Um because I don't think that I, I think they address their needs in free agency. Uh, Daniel Jones has problem with ball security. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying you need to go sure up that backside. Exactly. That's exactly why I picked them. So, the number twelve, we got the NFC three in a row, the NFC East three in a row. <laughs> At number well, twelve, I well, I do in mine, but yeah, yeah, no, I have the don't. Panthers here. But go ahead, you can go with the Eagles. The number twelve pick, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. I got them taking Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. This is obvious, uh, Philadelphia. They have issues with their receiving core all last year. I mean, people were making that the biggest excuse for Carson Wentz not being <laughs> successful, that like he doesn't have any receivers. And they were so, right. He didn't. And they cut a couple of their veteran receivers. So I think, obviously, that receiver room needs more talent. So I think Devontae Smith's the obvious choice. He'll be reunited with his uh, former quarterback, Jalen Hurts. So I think it's obvious there. Number 12, Carolina Panthers. You have a trade. I have the Panthers taking cornerback J.C. Horn from South Carolina. Um, they 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 don't really have they have Dante Jackson, but behind him at their cornerback spot, they're kind of weak. So they could surely use a cornerback to shore up. I know you just got Sam Darnold, so some people might be like, get somebody on the offensive side. But you have CMC. You have um, hold on, he's slipping my mind. D- DJ Moore, um, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. So you have guys on offense. So I don't think offense is really what you need here. Go get a second cornerback to play alongside Dante Jackson. Okay. So now that we are out of the top 12, um, we're just going to go back and forth with this. We agree, right. disagree, you know. Okay. Kind of like that. So number 13, I, I want to say it's probably the same. The Los Angeles Chargers. You have you have Christian Derisaw? Christian Derisaw tackle, obviously. Yeah. They, help need, they need help. Yeah, help they need out help Herbert. there, too. So. Yeah. 
that yeah. that that just it's the logical pick. It makes sense. Yep. Um, number fourteen, Minnesota Vikings. I'll let you have it. Who do you have them taking? I'm taking Jalen Phillips, Edge, Miami. Um, they just they need to replace what they once had with Everson Griffin and that and that strong defensive line that has now kind of become questionable. Their defense for the first time last year was surprisingly not good. And you know, Mike Zimmer likes to he like he's known his reputation is he's normally a good defensive coach. And last year, for the first time, I really think under his uh, tenure, they they actually didn't really scare people on the defensive side of the ball. So Mm-mm, I think he takes an edge. They take an edge rusher to try to start shoring that defense back up. I have this. I don't have the same person, but I do have them taking an, an interior uh, D lineman. I have Christian Barmore from Alabama going to uh, Minnesota. So that's okay. It's different, but yeah, I do agree. They need help on the on their line. Okay. Um, number fifteen. Um, obviously. We both had the Patriots trading up so with the Lions. the Lions, so on both our box, yeah. So it's the Lions on both of ours. You want to just say the same person? I think we have the same person. Yeah, we have we have Michael, Michael Parsons. Parsons. Yeah. yeah, so obvious I mean, choice. <laughs> it, it just, I mean, the Lions have a lot of needs, but you can attack anything here, and we just took. I I would assume the best player left on both our boards. So Michael Parsons just seemed like a, an obvious pick for the for the Lions here. Arizona Cardinals are on the clock at number 16. So, see, this is tough now that we heard the news about them wanting, maybe wanting to trade up for a receiver. But I, ha- I had them taking Caleb Farley, a uh, cornerback for Gene Tech. Um, they lost Patrick Peterson, and, and I feel like, I once again, I mean, you could use an offensive lineman if you wanted to get an offensive lineman here. I wouldn't be mad at that either. But I feel like... Um, Getting a replacement for Patrick Peterson right away is also a good option. That way you can keep help on that defense that you tried to address this offseason. Okay. I also had them taking a cornerback, but it's Greg Newsom from Northwestern. So Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, we see we're seeing the same stuff pretty much. We're seeing what each team needs and trying to plug in. Uh number seventeen, the Las Vegas Raiders on the clock. I'll just go ahead and I have them taking a safety, Trevor Mooring from TCU. Oh. I like Mooring a lot. If the football team got Mooring, I'd be very happy. But yeah. well, well, I think he's the best. He's the best safety in. This. Oh yeah, no, he's the best safety in the class. Yeah. So I have the Raiders. They needed help defensively. They fired their defensive coordinator Rob Marinelli from last season. No, they didn't. They fired another guy. Rob Marinelli has now stepped up. Okay. Former former Dallas DC um, has stepped up. It will be the defensive coordinator now. Um, the Raiders needed help defensively. I just think this was the solid right pick. Um, kind of start from your secondary, then work your way up. Well, the Raiders lost their best receiver, Nelson Aguilar, which I know is not, you know, the greatest thing to say he was your best receiver. But they have um, Henry Ruggs on the outside, a young guy. And now I think they get another one with uh, receiver Devontae Smith out of Alabama. I know wow. he's dropped a little he low. He dropped low on yours. He wow. did drop kind of low, I know. But, um, you know, because teams have been a little concerned with his weight and things like that, so I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped a little further now. And the Raiders need receiver. And yeah, they have Darren Waller, and Rugg showed flashes at times. He wasn't as great as people thought he was going to be because he went, he went first to the receiver last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's that. But now you have a young guy on each side. Devontae Smith will help you out. He's another playmaker on the outside for Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs, now your your offense is starting to come together. I do still think they need a little bit of line help, but I mean, if Devonta Smith is here at seventeen, I feel like you almost have to take him. So that's Jeez. what I have the Raiders doing. All right, number eighteen, the Miami Dolphins. 
they have another first round pick. Um, I'm gonna let you take this one. I have them taking Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama, and I, I know that's a little Ooh. questionable. I know it's a little questionable <laughs> because the the running backs value have has really come into question recently because you know a lot of teams round. that won the Super Bowl have won the uh, won it with running backs who were either late draft picks or undrafted and things of that nature. But I mean, Tua Tua needs all the help he can get because if you're really going to give him um, his best last shot. At, at being a starting quarterback in this league, which is crazy to say because he's only in year two. But if you really want to give him this shot, you need to make sure that he has everything around him so that you can't you can't say, oh, well, maybe if he had this or maybe if he had that. So you get a receiver, and now you get a running back and start showing up that offense. And um, I already like their tight end, uh, Gusecki, or I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, but. Gusecki. So Gusecki. They, have, they have pieces on offense. Not, well, they will after you draft um, Najee Harris. And in my mock draft, I had them also taking Jalen Waddle. I mean, uh, Jamar Chase. So you sure up that offensive side, help two out as much as you can, and give him his less, uh, last best shot at you know being a starting quarterback in the league. I agree with you in every aspect that Tua needs help. So in my case, in my draft, I have him taking Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay, tackle from line. USC. Okay. Help the line. Help Tua out. Um, you play in a relatively tough division i think defensively it'll be a tough division because the jets are going to be they've beefed up their defense they have a defensive minded coach the patriots also defense like they got some they got some rough riders in that division so beef up the line and help to as much as you can um so that's why i went tackle kind of not of a flashy pick but that's why you know in my pick at six they take kyle pitts so okay you got the weapon and you got the help but running back that's that's very interesting, but um, yeah. <laughs> At number nineteen, the Washington Football Team. I have them taking Jalen Waddle, which receiver, is crazy. That's Alabama. Crazy. I love the sound of it. It's music to my ears, but. <laughs> I just feel in, in my draft. Okay, so in my mock draft, I have the I have the teams addressing needs than than desires mm-hmm. and best player available. Yeah, best player available. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think nine like nine through twelve, which is in my in my draft is Falcons, Cowboys, Giants, um, Eagles. If in most mocks and and many mocks that I've seen, I've seen the Giants taking a receiver. So in that case, it would have been Waddle going at eleven. But I think just logically what they need and waddle is not like a generational receiver like you have to get him if he drops to you Mm -hmm. so which is why i have him falling to washington um it helps you know obviously i'll let you explain because i know you you know why you need a receiver for your team so well i actually don't think we need one i mean would i love if we got one yeah but we have we now have Curtis Samuel and Terry, and I, I'm not sold on Adam Humphreys, but I'm okay with him starting the season off as a slot if that's what it's got to be. Oh, I forgot about Adam Humphreys. Yeah, so I don't think we need one, but I'd like I'd like to take one. So you saying Jalen Waddle is music to my ears? I'd love that selection if we got if yes, he sir. was there for us to take a uh, for us to take him. But I have us taking Rashad Bateman, receiver, Minnesota, um, and we we could so use... re- you go receiver in the first round. Yeah, I do have us going receiver in the first round, but it wouldn't shock me if we went lineman and or linebacker. Like, mm. receiver is like, I don't know. I, I don't really know how much they value getting a receiver now that they've addressed the, the position. So I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't get one. But I do have Rashad Bateman going here. 
because he's he's a good strong six two two ten receiver, which I feel like you can put on the other side of Terry, and then that way you can slide uh, Curtis Samuel into the slot because he can move. Curtis Samuel can move everywhere. You can put him slot outside backfield, but if you put him majority in a slot, I feel like that's where he can do most of his damage. So. I'd like it if we got another outside receiver, and I feel like Bateman would fit the role. Okay, okay. So it's actually funny. At the 20th pick, Chicago Bears, I have them selecting Rashad Bateman. <laughs> Same exact oh, reasons Rashad. That makes sense. You said go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, um, Chicago, they, you know, it would be smart for them to trade up, and which I was kind of risking, like, okay, in this mock that I do, should I have them trade up and grab a quarterback? I don't see them doing that. They are so for sure that, that Dalton is their guy. For reasons why, I have no idea. But they they need help um, with their weapons. They lost Tyler Gabriel, right? He retired? Taylor retired? Gabriel. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah, he retired. Um, and Anthony Allen Robinson. Miller, did, they, did, did they let go of Anthony Miller? I feel like there was talks, but I don't know. But actually, can you look that up real quick? But even still, they still need a receiver. They have the running back core. Um, a line help would be okay. But I, I think they should go receiver, and Rashad Bateman is the best player available, so you just have to go and get him. No, they, they still do have Anthony Miller. Okay, okay. But what I, I, I agree that a receiver would be a good spot for them. But I have them taking cornerback um, Greg Newsom oh, from okay. Northwestern to replace okay. Kyle, Phil- I mean Kyle Fuller because you have to let him go because of his contract. Once again, same kind of thing, same kind of deal with Arizona. I had them... They lost the corner, so I had them plug one right back in through the drive. I did the same thing with the Bears. Obviously, we, I mean, obviously, we know quarterback is their biggest need, but at twenty, you're not going to get the guy that you want, and you don't want to reach on a guy that's really not a, a day one prospect. So, I have them taking Greg Newsom. Okay, at the number, where are we at? Twenty one. Twenty one Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. Go ahead and take that one. I have them taking Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, mm, more linemen. They have the best line in the league. Explain. I, I'm. I mean, I think they were saying Anthony Casizano. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Just retired. So once again, you see, you see, kind of how I'm doing this. I'm doing it. You you lose somebody, plug one back in. He was starting on their offensive line, so I I said, hey, he's gone, and we know Carson has dealt with being sacked in 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 the in the past with uh, Philly. So I said, slide in someone to take his spot. Elijah Vera Tucker, I'm not sure he'll be here because he, he is a good prospect, and I do think he dropped it a little low. But if he did make it to the Colts, I feel like they they don't really have any shouting needs. So I would go ahead and take the line and share up that line so that Carson doesn't have to worry about getting sacked all the time because you see what happens when that starts to get in the back of his head. He starts to make questionable decisions, and that didn't play out well. So... At number 21, I actually have the Indianapolis Colts taking Quiddy Pay, edge rusher. Oh, okay. um, the reason I say that is because with the loss of Anthony Walker, granted that was a linebacker, but they did play him off the edge sometimes. You have someone in DeForest Buckner, Buckner holding one side. You have a Darius Leonard, but I just think that their linebacker core in the middle of the field is kind of secure. It was more so like who they have coming off the edge. You, If you let, what's his name? Darius Hunter fall back into coverage and not have to be a pass rusher all the time. You you draft either I, I want to say Quiddy Page probably the best edge rusher coming out in this draft. I have either, heard that. Either him or Greg Rousseau from Miami. So you take the best player available that also fits your needs. So I have to say Quiddy Pay 
They need an edge rusher. The Colts are pretty much set on all on all positions on the field, so I have to say get you an edge rusher and they'll be set. Their defense is already red, though. Okay. Yeah, then that's why I didn't have them taking a, a a defensive player because I knew their defense is already a top seven unit. But so was so. their line, though. They got a top I know five their, line. Their line was good, but they did lose a starter. So I'm saying okay. replace that starter. Fill I the mean, hole. Yeah, fill the hole. I mean, obviously, yeah, they probably had somebody young behind him that they might have drafted re- in recent years that they thought about plugging in. But now you get to address that with a first-round pick and uh, Barrett Tucker. And if he's there, like I said, you just you just have to take him. He feels a for sure need. When, I wouldn't say a need, but it's one of those spots where it's like if it's there and there's a good prospect, you do it. And, and that's why I did that. All right. At the number 20 second oh <laughs> selection of the NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans. I have them taking Caleb Farley, cornerback. Okay. Malcolm Butler is gone. Um, the other cat that went to the Giants, I'm blank. Adoree Jackson, Jackson, gone. Yeah. Obviously, they need secondary help. They had one of the worst pass defenses in the league last season. That is true. Um, so, Caleb Farley, if he falls this low, you grab him immediately. Okay. If it's not Caleb Farley, then I definitely think Greg Newsom will fall that low. So, I would say just cornerback for the Titans would be the smart choice here. Their pass defense was very bad. But so is their pass rush. So I have them taking Christian Barmore, defensive lineman out of Alabama. Okay, I like I, that. Because you lost Clowney, even though he didn't do much for you. You just don't really have anybody notable in that defensive line for real. So it's it's time to start, like, you're, you're never going to win in this league. They got Bud Dupree, don't forget. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was going to say it. Didn't they sound so bad? So they got Bud Dupree. That's a start. Mm-hmm. Get Barmore in, in, in your A-gap, plug him in, and that's the start of something. You need, you can't, you're never going to win the league. Letting the other team's QB sit back there forever and pick his pick his target. So, I think defensive line. If you get a good defensive line, like I said in the past, you can kind of take some pressure off your corners and you can elevate them a little bit. If if you make the opposing QB feel like he has to get rid of the ball quicker. So, and if Barmore, who you had going a little while ago, is still here on the board, I feel like he's a must take selection. Okay. All right. Um, number twenty three, the New York Jets. Take this one. The New York Jets, I have them taking Quiddy Pay, Edge, Michigan. Okay. Um, the Jets, you got Quinn Williams on the line, but once again, you don't really have much else. Get him an edge rusher to uh, pair with Quinn Williams on the inside. I mean, the Jets could go so many places with this pick because, you know, I mean, it's like the Jets have a lot of needs, but I feel like I feel like an edge rusher to to start trying to turn this defense around is the right choice to go. Okay. Uh, number 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have them taking Jeremiah Owusu. I'm not even going to do it. J-O-K. J- I'm going to say just say J-O-K. Just J-O-K, say J-O-K. Linebacker, Notre Dame. Um, the, loss of du- J- uh, the loss of Bud Dupree. Your offense is already kind of set. Um, you plan on keeping Big Ben. Um, and, you know, the defense – Steelers, I mean, it's the steel curtain. Y'all are known for the defense. So I say I think the Steelers are going to stick with defense. The best player on the board defensively is JOK. Um, he does fall pretty low on my mock draft. He's pretty high on others. I think some some of them have him taken Washington at 19. Um, but, yeah, I think JOK is a perfect fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have them taking Travis. Not going to try to last game. Uh, to try to last game. I think it's, it's – it's a time. I don't oh, know. Oh, Etienne. 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 Travis Etienne. 
Running back Clemson. I mean, we know the, another running back. We know, the Steelers need to address the running back. Position. Yes, they, they do, do. But two Not running as, backs in the first round. That's crazy because that's only two selections. But yes, I do think they would draft the <laughs> running back. The, a lot of what the Steelers like to do last year was short concept routes, and and Travis can catch out of the backfield as we saw at Clemson. So I think I think um, pairing him with Benny Snell, who's more of a a power back, would be a good one two punch for them. And that's why I had them going here. I don't think the thing. I mean, defense, yeah, but we know the defense is already elite. So I don't. I don't. I mean, obviously you I lost. I don't know. Bud, Bud Dupree. Dupree made I'm a big difference. I'm gonna say yeah, difference. you lost Bud Dupree. But if that's the case, that he was a defensive, he was an edge rusher, not a linebacker. I I just don't. I think running back is the right way to go for him, them here because I think they they're gonna need more help offensively than they do defensively. I think they need a, a playmaker on offense. Okay. I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to have you take Jacksonville's next pick, which is 25. I have them taking a, a tackle from Stanford. Okay. Who do you have them taking? Rondell Moore, a receiver. because Another receiver? Okay. Yeah, I mean, because you got you got Trevor Lawrence coming here. You just got Marvin Jones. Get him another receiver out there. You got James Robinson. Give him some playmakers. Help DJ him out. Chark? Yeah, and DJ Chark, who I had on fantasy last year, who he he's the only thing I will say about DJ Chark is he's kind of boomer bust, but that might be been a product. Of, quarterback yeah, play, that's what I, I was about to say. It might be a product of the quarterback play. Yeah. So, uh, number twenty six, Cleveland Browns are on the clock. I have them taking Jalen Phillips, edge, Miami. I uh, mean, just keep keep beefing the defense. Why yeah. not? <laughs> you address it in free agency. You got a you got a decent draft pick. Take take another defender. That's an edge rusher. Kind of helps. Um, depth wise too, it's excellent. So and I have we been talked taking about JOK. No, go ahead, go ahead. Well I was gonna say we talked about on, on SBI on Sports Pain Index that yep. um, you know, Jadavian Clowney, yes, he is someone that can come off the edge, but we know that he is not an ideal fit for a pass rush mm-hmm. for a you know, a quarterback stopper, but more so a run stopper. So if you get you a Jalen Phillips, someone that can come off the edge, you could move Jadavian Clowney on the inside as an interior D lineman with the loss of Sheldon Richardson that they just cut the other day after the Jadavia Clowney signing. So that's all. That's all I was going to put in there. And and I'm just going to, since you gave a really good analysis, I'm just going to say JOK. That's who I had going there. I, I think that's good, too. We yeah, that's a really, I think that would be yeah. their dream selection. I don't know if he's going to be there, but that's who I had going there. I think that would be smart because, obviously, they're, out of all the positions defensively, linebackers probably their weakest core. It's not that weak, but it's it's the weakest that they have out of all three. So. Excellent choice. Um, the Baltimore Ravens at the 27th pick. I have them taking Elijah Moore, wide receiver. I, I agree. I agree. We know why. I mean, Baltimore needs a receiver. That has been, you know, that it's it's no questions asked. Uh, they try to address it with Sammy Watkins, but obviously I think that they're going to need more help than that for Lamar. Um, so I think the obvious choice here is to get a receiver and the best one available, which was Elijah Moore. So. Yeah, I agree. You gave good analysis. So I don't even need to say much. Uh, the New Orleans Saints on the clock, the 28th pick. I have them taking Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback. Do you agree? No, I have them taking Gregory. Go ahead and say the last name for me. Rousseau? Rousseau. Oh, the edge rusher from Miami? Okay. Yes, to replace uh, Trey Hendrickson. Ah, okay. 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 Um, I don't even- Wow. Yeah, that was a good one. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I have him cornerback cornerback depth is kind of blah 
for mm. the Saints right now. It is. Um, so, I mean, they have Marshawn Lattimore and they and have Janoris Jenkins. I don't Did know they, No, like Janoris Jenkins, I think, went to the Titans. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> That's not like breaking news. But I didn't. Bro, I didn't. Wait. I didn't know how to feel about Janoris at this point. Anyway, like I don't really know if I. I mean, Janoris Jenkins plays for the Tennessee Titans. They they lost him in free agency. I'm like, I knew I wasn't tripping. I knew they cut Eli Apple, but yes, Janoris Jenkins is no longer with the New Orleans Saints. So yes, that is why I have them picking cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. And another thing that I said on SBI, make sure you check them out. Sports Paint Index. Um, this cornerback draft is is loaded. It is. I mean, sorry, this cornerback class is loaded. So um, I think a lot of cornerbacks will will be out by the end of the first round and probably early second round. So Sante Samuel Jr. at number twenty eight to the New Orleans Saints. I'm gonna let you take the next one because they're your second favorite team in the league. Um, it's the 29th pick, the Green yeah. Bay Packers. I've Who are they selecting? Kadarius Tony, receiver, Florida. I mean, I I don't know at this point. They may take, they may trade up to try to take Mac Jones or something. But <laughs> assuming they stay at this spot, I do think yeah, it's time, bro. It's time get Aaron a receiver. I'm not, I'm not really big on small guys. I think Kadarius Tony's might be, he's might be listed as sixth, but he's not six. I I think he's more five ten ish. But at this point, I don't care what the size of the receiver is. Just get Aaron a receiver, please. Kadarius Tony is the best one left on the board. So I have Green Bay snagging him up at 29. I have them taking a receiver. But it is not that guy. It is Terrace Marshall, wide receiver LSU. Okay. Okay. Speedy guy outside. Aaron Rodgers needs help. You already said it receiver-wise. So I have them taking... Uh, Terrence Marshall and I have Kadavius. What is it? Kadavius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. He's falling to the second round in my draft pick. I like I like the Terrence Marshall pick because, like I said, I like wide receivers with size. He's six three, two hundred. So I like that pick too. Okay, the thirtieth pick in the NFL draft, twenty twenty one, the Buffalo Bills. I have them taking, although I'm against this, but it's the right thing to do. I have them taking Najee Harris, running okay. back, Alabama. In the first round? Okay, that's different. You have two running backs going in the first round. And Najee Harris went early in yours. He went, like, 18. So, um, obviously, Buffalo was able to keep their guys in free agency, retain mm-hmm. everybody that they need. They went and got an additional weapon for Josh Allen, which is uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but the big question mark with Buffalo last year and going into this year is their run game. Um, you know, they had a committee last year with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, the rookie. Obviously, there's room for Zach Moss to grow. I don't think Devin Singletary stays with them. I think he'll probably get cut. Um, but Najee Harris is the obvious choice here. You got the best running back prospect in this draft. Um, I think Buffalo should take them. If not, I mean, if you want to beef up the line and get depth, but I feel like you could do depth later on as far as, like, with tackles and guards and D linemen. So, Best player available for them, Najee Harris. You take them. So, um, I had the Bills taking a, a running back, my third one in the in the first round. Say no, I'm third. Joking. Oh, I'm just... I was going to say, bro. What? <laughs> I have the Bills taking quarterback Asante Samuel Jr. Florida State. I just, I mean, at this point, the pick for the Bills is more so just like, I don't want to say a depth pick because you can come slide Asante in in the slot and he can play nickel corner and sometimes safety if you need. You can just kind of play with him on the defensive side as just an added piece because I don't really know what they need and, and the, there's no running back here that I would really want them to reach and take. 
So I just gave them Asante Samuel. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Um, the 31st pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them taking Tevin Jenkins, tackle Oklahoma State. Reason. That's a really good That's really good. What'd you say? I said that's a really good pick, actually. The reason should be obvious as day. Yeah. Super Bowl 54. That's all I got to say. I really don't have to say anything else. I'm going to go to Super Bowl 54, too, and I'm going to say they're taking Jason Owa, Edge Penn State, because they weren't they weren't uh, blocking anything, but they was getting blocked pretty easily, too. No pressure. So they, they just address one of the lines, defensive, offensive. I mean, the cornerbacks need help because you see they're back there holding if you if you make them guard for too long. So I don't, I'm not mad at the linemen. Or, I mean, I'm not mad at linemen on either side. Just take a lineman, please. And also, like, you cut two of your tackles. Yeah, I didn't understand that. You got I mean, Thune in free agency yeah, a guard. Yeah, that's a guard. About that saying. You, didn't, you, didn't replace, like, you didn't replace either one of them. So maybe they got some young guns that they think can guard, I mean, can block this as well. I don't yeah. know. I know they got injured, but, like, both of them? Like, I don't know. That's kind of crazy to me. So, yeah, I have them taking a tackle. Um... And number 32, 32nd pick in the NFL draft, Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going to let you finish this one off. I'm not even going to say who I got. It doesn't even matter at this point. I have, the, I have the Bucks forfeiting their pick because they don't need anything else. So, can you, yeah, that wraps up the draft for me. Can they even do that? <laughs> can you forfeit a pick? <laughs> they need to. They need to. I, 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 just take, I got them taking an edge rusher. I just Georgia. don't know what they need. They don't need an edge rusher. Like I know, I know. I, but I'm just I, saying. I just don't know. I, I couldn't. I couldn't come up with a spot. I mean, you could take. Um, did I have Morg going in there? You don't have Morg. Yeah, Morg. On yours. You, you, they can take Morg a safety, but do you really need it? No, but they can have him. Sure, take him. TCU. And that concludes what the mock. Our mock draft, yeah, that was kind of lengthy, but, you know, we had to go over all 32 teams. So that's our mock draft. Our full mock drafts will be available on Instagram in a few days after this episode airs. Um, you know, if you want to comment, you agree with them, whatever, at Points Made Pod on Instagram, hit us up on there, and let's talk about it. The draft is a week away. We cannot be more excited because that means yeah. the season is getting closer and closer. So, um, thank you guys again for tuning in for another episode of Points Made Podcast. Um, we hope to see, you, or I'm sorry, to that you guys hear us next week. We have a very special episode. We're doing a live mock episode. I mean, a live draft episode, um, and we're really excited for it, man. You got anything to say to the people before we dip out of here? Make sure y'all tune into the draft because after that, we may, like we said earlier, we may be doing some more linking up with the Sports Pain Index crew. So. Make sure y'all tune in because we, we're going to be back with some analysis on it. Yes, yes. The season, next season, that schedule comes out May 12th. We're super excited about that. So we got the draft next week, get a week break, and then we hop into the schedule. And that's going to be, we're going to give our predictions for um, the records. I know it's really early, but we're going to do some predictions. And then yeah. we're going to return next week with Top 5 Fridays. We will return next week with Top 5 Fridays. We are so sorry. Um, I'm sorry, the week after the draft. We're going to come back with Top 5 Fridays at the top of May. Um, and, yeah, thanks again. Tune in another episode, episode 8. We're almost at 10. We're going to do something big for 10. I don't know what we're going to do, bro, but we're almost at 10. This is our 8th episode, so it's it feels good. So thanks again for listening. We out this junk. Deuces. Peace, 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 peace.